and welcome to a happy bonus edition of the Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast. We come to you on the back of what could well be, hopefully, fingers crossed, the start of something special for Norwich City. A 1-0 win over third-placed Leicester. The potential to spark a great escape. Who, who knows? We won't get too carried away, but let's just enjoy that winning feeling. A fifth win of the season, a fifth clean sheet of the season in the Premier League. I am your host, Dave Freezer. I'm joined, as ever, after a game, by Paddy Davitt, Connor Southwell, Tony Thrussell. It's after midnight, thanks to it being an eight o'clock kickoff on uh, on Friday. So uh, it's all glamour, this sports journalism work. But, Paddy, let's come to you first. Uh, a really, really enjoyable night. Um, oh, actually, no. Tony's taking credit for this, isn't he? Yes. Tony tweeted before the game his master plan as to how he he was going to spark the great escape. So, I was <laughs> I, le- I left my car as normal at the Archant Towers. Was strolling down to the ground, but as I approached the way I'd normally go, I don't actually know the name of that road. Um, <laughs> but I decided to take the bridge that leads to the back of the swimming pool. Right, so that's uh, the Novi Sad Bridge. So yeah, rather than going way. down the bottom of Rowan Road and then onto yeah. the Carrow Bridge, I, I, I stopped, looked both ways. It's almost, <laughs> it's almost like I saw a sign that said danger that way, safety that way. I went safety way, went over that bridge. I thought I'd do a time lapse of it just to throw mm. it out there. Check that out on the Pink and Twitter account. Superstitious and thought, let's try something else. You've got to grab the ball by the horns, try something new. And I also, as Paddy will dive in now, I decided to have a bit of banana bread before the... Uh, game you better explain what the banana bread's all about mate so there's always a meal and then there's there's always banana bread every home game the famous banana bread in the press room i don't normally go for it but i went for it tonight and paddy normally goes for it but well converse forget all that about a bridge story it's basically i didn't have any banana bread and that's the first time (laughs) since probably paul lambert was in charge so really i think it's probably down to me rather than any sort of bizarre sat nav inspired walk over the bridge yeah. but who cares so the point is dear listener we're going to throw this over to you as well what did we do different tonight remember what socks you're wearing remember it all because it's going to be needed again for the next home game um connor what did you do differently tonight that you're going to have to repeat i, I indulged in a, a fair amount of banana bread actually i won't disclose the exact amount but uh, <laughs> it's, it's up here in the head so i, I know what i have to do next time at carrow road that's for sure well, I was a good boy. I went to the gym this afternoon, <laughs> but I'm not going to be able to do that before every home game. Obviously, being an evening uh, helped, but that's going to be my superstition from here on in. Same socks, gym session, win. And uh, we've decided to fly um, to all the away games from now on, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> good luck with Are that. You <laughs> anyway, football. What a strike from Jamal Lewis, and what a really encouraging, hopeful night, Paddy. What a view from the press box, as you well said, DF. Uh, we were behind it, and the minute, the, the bend on it, it was like, I don't know, it was like uh, Michael Holding at his finest. The swing on that ball as it Ooh, sort of yeah. bent around Schmeichel into the back of the net. I mean, we knew it was in the minute he left his foot. So did Jamal, I'm sure. What a sweet feeling for that young man. You know, Daniel spoke recently about how he will learn from this period where he's really been out of favour, and Sam Byram has been, been the, the man in possession. First time in his career. Had to bide his time, was really professional, kept his head down, and he's got his reward tonight. And you could see, I mean, we're just looking at it again, actually. Uh, Tony's got the video. That reaction was kind of just, yeah, don't forget about me. Um, this is this is my time now. And uh, 
and, and his teammates as we continue watching that footage there his teammates to a man Ben Godfrey you know I'm sure that's been a tough period for Jamal so it was especially sweet for me that he was the one who uh, proved the match winner and some piece of play from young Aaron's as well mm. what a what a night he had I mean Ben Chilwell England left back there was only one winner in that duel leaves him for dead doesn't he yeah. It's, uh, yeah, and he he was named sponsor's man of the match. Max was in the stadium, and for once, I agreed with them. He, I thought he was sensational tonight, and yeah, that burst of pace, and then you know a fairly um, aimless co- co- cross really that you know you get a little bit of luck. But from there, but because Jamal had never scored a league goal for Norwich, never yeah. scored a league goal in his career, first time in two years uh, that he'd scored. You, you'll all remember that FA Cup goal at Chelsea. And, as Pad says, we had such a wonderful view of it, didn't we? And 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 the bend from from out to in was was gorgeous. And the full time reaction, Connor, that felt. You know, I, I tweeted some comments from Grant Hanley in the program before, and it's sort of similar to a lot of what we've been hearing. And that they don't feel like they're in a relegation battle, and that all hope is lost, and that things are terrible. But they know the reality of that doesn't tally. So this felt like a huge release of relief, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I I thought, particularly the last 20 minutes when the players needed the fans, they they found them there. I mean, it was was almost like they had 27,000 people behind the ball in in the last 20 minutes. And I mean, they reduced Leicester to to pretty much nothing. Um, Some reaction, yeah. And I think you have to give credit to Daniel Farker, in fairness. And we saw him whipping up the crowd at the end because... There have been some serious questions and serious criticisms thrown his way in the last week or so, um, particularly around the Emmy Buendia situation, but also with other stuff. And I thought he called it absolutely right tonight in, in terms of the way that Leicester play and, and the threats they pose and how Norwich City nullified them. Um, central areas, very solid, very strong, uh, nullified Madison's threat really, apart from probably mm. set piece deliveries. I thought yeah. Teddy did a superb job on him. So in open play, certainly they kept him quite quiet, yeah, didn't Absolutely. They? And and you've you've got to give credit to, to Farker and his coaching team because as I said, they've they've taken a lot of scrutiny this week and, and they've probably been tested uh, in, in terms of their beliefs and particularly their, their style of play from a footballing perspective. And I thought they responded to any critics out there tonight with um well, with the only way you can, with with victory and and a performance that um, was was hard fought, but in in terms of the belief aspect, they're they're certainly not playing like a team who've given up or who are defeated, who or who are accepting relegation. They're they're playing like a team who are ready for the fight. And as I said, Molyneux and, and Old Trafford aside, since the start of December, I, I think on the whole they've probably been pretty decent in terms of their performances. It's just been the quality and the ruthlessness in in both boxes. Um, Grant Hanley, I, I felt helped the defensive side of it tonight, and then. A moment of quality from Jamal Lewis, and, and the technique is is unbelievable. His his body shape, the way he cuts across the ball to to arrow it into the bottom corner. I mean, he probably won't hit a, a sweeter strike than that for the the rest of his career. It was it was sublime, and and the way it curled and and swung past Michael was was exceptional. Um, very big win, big mountain to climb. I think they they know the reality of where they are. Um, it's about consistency now because we've we've been here before with Norwich and we've been at this junction before and. Now they need to back it up, and if they can do that, and they can take the momentum um, going into the back-to-back home games, which are coming up against uh, Southampton, Everton, then they give themselves a, a wonderful opportunity to maybe achieve something that, that nobody expects. Indeed, that Jamal Lewis goal may become very famous in the weeks to come, but we shall see.
as I said, this is going to be a bonus episode of the pod. Just a quick bit of snap reaction because with this being a Friday night game, of course, the situation could change over the next 24 hours. Uh, Watford are at home to Liverpool, West Ham at home to Southampton. Villa don't play this weekend because in the League Cup final on Sunday. So we will uh, bring you a fuller pod on Monday. Um, but uh, although there was that wonderful moment, um, from Jamal Lewis 20 minutes earlier Tony there was uh, VAR wasn't there and finally it was on Norwich's side correctly as well from from I think what we've seen yeah it, it certainly isn't one of those controversial ones we're seeing every week it's clearly hits his hand there's the debate did it hit Godfrey's arm but I mean in fairness to him he's running away from the ball he can't do anything about that and the law states what is the exact law in terms of defending? Basically, FIFA say that any attack, any it's not in the spirit of football that any goal should be scored with the hand being involved. So if an attacker has handballed it accidentally or not, intent's not relevant, um, it will not stand. That They will not stand for any kind of handball mm-hmm. being involved, but they essentially added more securities for the defenders so for things like you have to be able to support your body if you're falling to the ground so if you handball there was one in the Premier League recently I can't remember who it was but they literally planted their hand on the floor Uh. as they fell and the ball hit them which I would say is uh, the the tweaks that they made uh, logically make a lot of sense Um, in the actual flow of a game maybe it it feels quite different but yeah this was a, a, a prime example of that wasn't it that the the handball was fairly incidental though it changed the flight of it a, mm. a bit and it did confuse Godfrey didn't it mm. uh, unfortunately for Clichy and Acho and for Leicester it was a heck of a strike as well wasn't yeah, it yeah it, it was a great finish and first viewing live you you didn't really notice the handball but as no. soon as you saw the replay it was pretty clear it was going to get wiped off but following Norwich this season there was that element of well <laughs> Are they going to chalk it off? Possibly not, but thankfully they did. And thankfully from then on, Leicester didn't really look like they were going to score. I don't remember Krull being tested too much. Um, not not majorly, no, not there majorly, were a few bits yeah. and pieces, weren't there? But that they, you know, Norwich had the clip, I haven't seen the XG, but I would have mm. thought Norwich's XG was better than Leicester's tonight. Um, Paddy? Our chief Buendia correspondent. <laughs> I shall come to you. That's on, Daniel Farker, mate. <laughs> on Emmy. He gets back in the team tonight. Yes. Um, player watch on Emmy is at pinkin.com, so you can go and have a look at that um, as of Saturday morning uh, to have a closer look. But he, my view of it really was that he was shaking off the rust first half and then second half, him, him and Duda were, were really good, weren't they? Or certainly better than they were in the first half. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, and those two combined... Really, that should have been a goal when Duda's hit it straight down the throat of Kasper Michael. For me, Buendia, it was the things that Farker has criticised him for, which is, you know, his kind of tactical discipline and his understanding without the ball. I thought he really, really did work hard tonight. And okay, yeah, there was probably that pass aside from Duda. I don't think there was too much in terms of what we know he's capable of um, in the final third. And unfortunately, there was one or two, particularly right at the end, where again, sloppiness, where he's tried to beat a man and lost the ball, and it didn't prove costly. But um, I think Daniel Farker would have been raging if, if that had led to a goal when he did give it away right at the end. But overall, that to me, and put that to Daniel actually post match, and, and Daniel said absolutely he was delighted with the guy. I mean, that was really a step in the right direction because 
Daniel said, you know, yes, I've said a lot of things in public, but he more or less intimated that uh, he knew that that was the way to light a fire under Emi Buendia. And, and I think and nobody watching that tonight would dispute that he really looked like a lad who was desperate to, to keep his place on the side. And and we know the thing is with him now, and this is basically trying putting a full stop on this whole thing that we've had now since Wolves, since yeah. before Wolves, that Daniel... We all know what the guy's capable of, so you almost take that as a given, but can he add these elements to his game to really take him on to the next level? And they're not as exciting or as eye-catching or as headline-grabbing, but it is the backing up Max Aarons. It is running out to press Ben Chilwell to stop the cross. Um, it, it, you know, It is putting a foot in and winning a tackle towards the end, as he did right deep in his own right-back slot. None of those really are going to show up too much in terms of assists and uh, Kevin De Bruyne, yada, yada, yada. But... Uh, they were as important to any other element in that win tonight. And, um, yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say Emi Buendia will be in the next starting lineup. Yeah, I don't want to be too harsh on, on Lucas Rook, Connor, but he, but Emi's performance tonight was, was far better than we've seen from Lucas in terms of sort of eye-catching, attacking, uh, creative moments and, and, and plenty of defensive work in there as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a debate, in, in term, particularly from a, an attacking perspective, that Emi Buendia aids every single Norwich City attack. When, it, when he received the ball, it seemed to up the tempo by, by 10, 20 times. Um, it, he is an exceptional player. Uh, I, I tweeted at half-time, he's, watching him is a bit like playing Russian roulette because you sort of are on the edge of your seat when he does something, but, but equally you have your heart in the mouth half the time because there was an instance, particularly in the first half, where he went wandering off into the, the centre of the pitch and left Max Aarons completely exposed. But they're the bits that, that he needs to improve because when he's on the ball and when he's in the final third, that's that's his comfort zone, that's his element, that's that's where he really thrives. It's now about um, improving the, the other aspects of his game, as, as Paddy touched upon. And if he can do that, then there's no reason why he, he won't find himself as, as a top, top, player and a top talent um, in particularly English football I think because he's got all the components there it's, it's just about developing him now to to a stage where defensively he, he can protect a fullback and he can offer a side something defensively which I think we saw much of in, in or much more of in the second half and when you get the best out of Emi Buendia I think you get the best out of Norwich City from, a, from an attacking perspective and um, he certainly when Emi Buendia burst into life in the second half Andre Duda did as well and you see the influence he has on other players and he's an exceptional talent um, it's it's just about using him in the right way and whatever reaction Daniel Farker was, was hoping to get I think he certainly got it um, even if he had to have some words at half time which I think he may have done yeah and thankfully that means the Buendia chat can sort of calm down a little bit because I think everyone's a bit bored of it now um, one of my favourite moments of the night for him or probably my favourite moment of the night was when he charged through the middle and given how desperate he is for a goal mm. and still hasn't got that first goal he lines it up to shoot and then dummies it to give that chance to Andre Duda who really really should have scored when it was still at nil nil. You know, blast it at Schmeichel when he should have been putting it in either corner and, and had the space to do it as well. For Buendia to show that sort of level of unselfishness when he's so desperate for a goal, I thought um, really spoke volumes uh, of the lad. Uh, Tony, I think it was you that described Grant Hanley as a colossus when we were walking back up from, from the stadium. Three of the five clean sheets in the league have featured the Norwich captain and uh, he is probably the first choice centre-back now, isn't he? Yeah, an absolute man mountain at the moment, isn't he? Yeah. Um, there was a moment where he 
pulled up a bit and a couple of minutes where he wasn't running too I, I smoothly can, it was a bit I, I, well I could have done a Scottish impression of what he said but he, he essentially said his head was a bit scrambled when he was walking <laughs> across the pitch and someone asked him what's wrong but it's, it's far too late for me to be doing a Scottish impression of <laughs> so yeah I, I mean there was a moment where thinking if he goes off Teddy's at centre back for the next few weeks that was that's where we sort of draw the blinds go home <laughs> but thankfully he's alright so we can we can move on to Spurs and hopefully get through to the quarters. Will it be? Yeah, yeah, quarters would, would be the first quarterfinal since 1992. Yeah, so that would be a heck of a story. But we will preview that game more fully in in Monday's podcast um, when we'll reflect on on the weekend. Um, I think that'll do actually, boys. Um, a nice, short, sharp. Yeah. A uh, bit of reaction for you, uh, bonus pod, and as I say, we will bring you a, a fuller usual show on on Monday when we reflect on on everything more fully. Uh, thank you very much for listening and enjoy the the weekend. Uh, we're uh, sort of going to, I guess. Uh, we've all still got a bit of work to do, despite it being the early hours. Ape, it was a bit frantic, wasn't it, Pad? Uh, hitting our deadlines. <laughs> Not a big fan of the night, uh, eight o'clock kickoff on a Friday. Thank you very much, Premier League. Mm. So if there's a couple of typos in the uh, papers tomorrow, please do excuse us. It was uh, quite a tight turnaround, but all good. Uh, thank you very much, chaps. And we thank you very much for listening. As ever, if you get a chance to leave us a rating or a review, then it's always very much appreciated. But for the moment, enjoy your weekend. Thanks for listening. We will catch up with you very soon. Bye.